You are listening to the Phoenix Podcast with UK life and wellbeing coach Zoe Thompson. Meaningful and light-hearted conversations packed with hints, tips and advice to help you live the life that you want with confidence. Like, subscribe, share and make sure you stay tuned to create the tomorrow you want while learning to love your today. Good evening. It is good evening and I am Zoe Thompson and you're joining me, Phoenix Life and Wellbeing Coaching, on our seventh Fire Five at Phoenix. And I'm joined this evening by Kelly, Kelly Armstrong. So Kelly, I first met two two years ago would it be it's going to be coming up is it three is it three okay so kelly i first met quite a while ago um we think probably nearly three years through the sport of strong women um such an incredibly supportive sport and kelly is definitely up there in terms of one of the most supportive competitors out there i think probably more focused on supporting everyone else than your own <laughs> than your own competition <laughs> <laughs> so kelly do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so um like so said i met you three years ago going to a um training session in trojan um where i just started uh, the journey literally yeah. just started um so i've been competing now for three years training for four um, and had some massive massive opportunities through it so pulling a train was one meeting some amazing positive people um yeah and through that um so since doing strong women has now started a clothing brand with my husband armstrong apparel <laughs> so yeah got some really good um good feelings coming from it i quite like it yeah yeah you you got to pull a train which is one thing that i never uh, i never got as far as that so i got the monster truck and transit vans but never anything quite as exciting as a train so if you do that as a charity event again i i am quite i am quite tempted and we'll put the link for the armstrong apparel in the chat as well so that people can have a look at your um at your clothing so have you got five questions for me for this evening okay i am i'm ready when you are right so being of relationships and i think it's one that a lot of people probably asked or will ask is how do you or would you start to build a positive relationship with yourself and where do you feel the line is drawn between being confident with who you are and cocky with who you are towards others Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's an interesting one. So we, we talked quite a lot last week. Um, a lot of Dan's questions were focused on that sort of when do you yeah. know you build you know, when do you know that you are ready to start working on it and how do you know when when, when did you, you have kind of got to that phase where you're happy with yourself? Mm. Sorry, say again. When did you notice? So your yeah, so your question. When, well, I, I think mine came quite late. So I think mine came um, probably into my late 20s. Um, mm. um, but I, I like that that bit of the question around that bit where you're self-confident and self-assured and not overdoing it and becoming over, overconfident and that, co yeah. that cocky element. And yeah. I think that's, for a lot of people, that's quite, quite a fine line, isn't it, of... I think it also depends who you're with. I think also what one person perceives as confident and self-assured, another person might perceive as cocky. So I think sometimes it does depend who you're with as well. Um, and also other people's insecurities. Because I think sometimes if you're lacking in your own self-confidence, somebody else's standard confidence might seem a whole lot more than where you're at. So I think yeah. sometimes it will depend on who you're with. I mean, you know, as, as well as I do, being in the sport world, that that confidence is really, really important for that yeah. you know, to compete and to do well in sport. Being confident and being self-assured in your abilities is really important. Um, and I think there are some people, aren't there, that you, you know, you go to competitions and you see some people and you're like, okay, God, they seem really, really confident. And then there's others that 
almost come across as more cocky, but it's almost like they're really inward, inward facing kind of channeling that confidence, that competitive confidence, as opposed to like your normal day to day confidence. I think there's a bit of a difference. Um, how do you tell? I think you need a lot of self awareness. Yeah. Um, I, and I think a lot of it can be just looking at other people's reactions to see where where how you're coming across but I think ultimately it's that balance isn't it of you have to own you have to own your confidence yeah. if you're going to be constantly worrying about what other people are thinking then you're probably not as confident as you think you are because yeah. you're worrying about what other people are thinking so I think it's that balance I think there's the balance of being confident in yourself having that self assured self-assurity but being aware of who you're with and the situation you're in and just either dialing it back or dialing it up as to what's needed and just being aware of other people's responses and other people's reactions to make sure that it's in balance yeah does that yeah personally I have two kind of sides as well because within the sport people are openly confident but they're also openly insecure as well People will openly say, I'm very nervous. Yeah. If I do this, I'm not very good. And then, you know, we all kind of make confident. Yeah, in my everyday life, my work life, so being a hairdresser, you're almost kind of squashed for being confident. Like, so I would always mm -hmm. say, I'm, I'm going to blow my own trumpet because nobody else will. I know I've okay. done a lot of hard work and effort to yeah. get where I am and be as good as I am. But then you always find within that industry, you're kind of like squashed down. So it's, yeah, so it's definitely, you, you have to pick mm. and choose um, who you're with, definitely. I, I think in the, in, you know, in the, I think in the sporting world, what looks confident probably in comparison to the work world looks very different. So it, it might not be necessarily that your inner confidence changes. It might just be how you adapt that to the situation that you're in because I think that um, the sport um, you know switching that on for sport probably looks very different to switching it on to be you know do a confident cut yeah. and colour and something that in your world in the hairdressing world is quite complex so I know that you need to switch on that focus and that attention in the same way that you would do for sport but it would look very very different you probably don't have a Donna Moore type stump coming out of the side oh, room at the hairdressers no. to do a haircut, but you might have one. You might have one in competition. So it's almost like how you switch on that confidence, how you switch on that focus and that yeah. drive. Um, but I think it is just that adaption to who, you know, where you are, and what that looks like. Where what's appropriate for it to look like yeah. and not overdoing it sometimes when it's overdone it's an overcompensation for the nerves or not yeah. feeling confident and I think a lot of the time yeah. that's what's that's what people see um and, and it's not it's not a deliberate cockiness it's, it's almost people trying to to display confidence and look confident yeah. and they don't feel it and so they're it, it's that disconnect isn't it because it's not yeah. authentic so we see what it should look like but it doesn't add up because we can see that there's other things going on that would suggest it's not they're not as confident as they're perhaps making out to be so I think sometimes it's that disconnect as well yeah okay yeah that's quite interesting okay that's ready for the next one is that what is that where when you wrote the question was that was that sort of what you were thinking or something on a yeah, different with line the, with that kind of being positive with yourself and where you build it up is but like you pointed out you have you almost have to switch it on and off depending on who you're with as well because obviously which will lead into yeah. my next kind of question as well but, I don't well, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a switch on or off. I think it's a, a, like a, a like a sliding dial of what it looks like. Because I don't think you can just say you can feel or be less confident. But I think what you can do is adapt the behaviours that show you're confident and adapt the behaviours rather than adapt how you feel. Yeah. If that makes sense. Def yeah. Okay. No, definitely. 
to the next one. <laughs> uh, relationships with others can be toxic to your own relationship with yourself. Um, how would you deal with a toxic um, person within sort of your circle, whether it's a relationship or a friendship? Would you let it run its course naturally or would you address it? If it's affecting how you feel about yourself and you know the way you see things. It's a good question. Uh, and I would be very surprised if there's anybody who hasn't ever experienced that. I think most of us experience, experience that at some point. Um, I think, so I think it's what, the, I think the question for me, is what, if I'm asking, answering this for me personally, I think the question for me is, what what is it that makes it toxic? Is it how I feel when I'm with this person? Is it is it their behaviour and how I feel when I'm with them? Or is it more around their behaviour that perhaps isn't in alignment maybe with what's important to me? I think it, I would need to really think about, okay, what what is why, why, what is it that's making it toxic? Why is this toxic? Why, you know, assuming that at some point it yeah. wasn't because you've started a friendship of what changed what's changed in that dynamic why are things now different um but i think ultimately if you are spending time with somebody and you don't feel good when you're spending time with that person then that distance needs to come in to look after yourself um i think there's a for some people it it you can delete remove them as in like just not continue that friendship whether you choose to have a conversation or not about that is obviously a personal choice and then sometimes it's just putting a bit of distance in of you know we can't always completely separate ourselves dependent on the circumstance but sometimes it might just be putting a bit of distance in um i do i do think in in terms of honesty and openness we should probably be having those conversations of saying calling out the behavior and saying actually when this happens this is how i feel but i know that's quite tough yeah for some people i think not everybody feels that they've got that's one thing i hear a lot of especially sort of in the hairdressing world you hear a lot of people talking about you know those toxic relationships and how they feel but they just feel they cannot get out of it or they cannot move on and they they stay within that and you just think oh just just say it yeah just say it it's so much easier but yeah so yeah, and I, I think when you go into those when you go into those conversations, you almost need to think about whether or not what will you gain? Will will you be able to resolve it through that conversation? Because I think sometimes you've got quite a good idea of whether or not this is something that can be talked about, whether this is something that can be resolved, or whether or not this is something that actually is quite a significant difference and a conversation probably isn't yeah. going to work that through. Um, and it, I think it's, it's uh, uh, Doreen asked a similar question around sort of what you give your energy to. And I think sometimes actually just removing yourself and putting a little bit of distance in or separation protects you from, yeah. from that. And I think sometimes having those conversations can actually resolve it. But it's, um, it's working through whether or not you think that, that a conversation is going to resolve it of sitting down with them and saying, actually, this is how I feel. Um, I would like this or I would like that. And whether or not you think that person is going to be open to having that conversation and listening, because it's quite a difficult conversation yeah. to hear, isn't it? Let alone have. And so, you know, it's it's whether or not you feel comfortable doing that. Um, but I think ultimately you have to protect, you do have to protect yourself in that. And, and you know, there's, it's like it's either for me it's either a delete or a distance and quite often if if there's unless you've got things that keep that friendship together or keep that relationship together it's um i think friendships are always more difficult yeah because it's not always a clear cut um i think a lot of people probably stick around in those a lot longer than they perhaps do in relationships so i think that's always an interesting one it's yeah. not such a clear cut for people yeah definitely but i think yeah for, for me it's you know if, if you can't if you can't sort of remove yourself from that situation putting that distance in um so that you kind of have that 
um, the contact isn't quite as, as frequent and then that gives you a bit of time to just step back. It's sometimes really difficult, isn't it, to assess yeah. what's going on when you're in it and sometimes taking that step back and just taking a bit of a breather and, and again asking those questions, okay, why does it feel like this? What's changed? What is it that I would want to change? Do I think that that could change? through a conversation is the other person going to be willing to make some changes am i willing to make some changes um and whether or not you're you think that that's possible or whether or not you need to step away from it yeah yeah definitely if it's worth all that hassle as well are you invested enough in that relationship yeah how much, how much do you value on that mm -hmm. yeah how much how much value have you placed on it whether or not it's worth working out or whether it's better for both parties to step away and the chances are if one person feels it's toxic the the chances are the other person is not going to be feeling great about it either it's you know it would be very unusual for one person to think that it's all very happy and healthy and not picked up on any of that if the other person is has got to the stage where they're actually labeling it as toxic yeah i oh, know but yeah um Okay, no, that's cool. So, I don't remember the full saying, but there is a saying, friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for life. There's a whole saying about that. So, how do you yep. feel when your need has been fulfilled from a relationship or friendship um, and vice versa, when their need has been fulfilled and kind of the relationship, very similar to the last question, but, but not in a toxic way, then it just like the friendship just slowly disappears. Yeah. You know, do you let that or have you let that kind of like affected how you feel about yourself? Or do you accept it quite quickly? Um, I, I think I'm probably more on the acceptance side of things. I think very much it's, it's the, the reason, season and a lifetime, isn't it? Um, friend, friends are there for a reason, for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah. And I and I and I do feel that that's true. And I think you know when you look at people who you meet, um, quite often they're they're in your world for quite a short period of time, but can have a really significant impact. And then sometimes there's sort of people who kind of are that constant, and they 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 might not have like that peak impact but they've got that constant impact if that makes sense that constant yeah. kind of two-way or like 360 degree energy as you get through it's a much more sort of equal kind of exchange um but yeah and I, you know i've known lots of people over the years that had some like really close like for a short period of time like a really really kind of close intense friendship and then things have changed and the thing that brought us together is isn't in place anymore and so the friendship kind of just drifts apart and I think there's all I think from my point of view there's always that gratitude of the fact that that person was in my life at a particular time and that they played a part in that and that I played a part in theirs for them but I think there's that I think for me it's the acceptance appreciation and gratitude of what that yeah. person has has given um and taken um but i do think and i know this is something that you know we've talked about on thrive is that 360 degree energy exchange and i'll quite often talk about you know it being like a bank account and so ideally over the course of your friendship or relationship you should both be paying into that joint account and there will yeah. be times where one of you will be paying in and one of you will be withdrawing and then other times where the other person is paying in and you need to withdraw from that friendship you know you need to take from it yeah and other times you can give to it but ultimately over a six month period or a year period you should both be paying in and withdrawing equally it shouldn't be one person paying in and one person withdrawing and I think when friendships have that sort of equal kind of 360 degree energy exchange and it's that flow mm. then and it's with you know with purpose that there's a reason for you to, to be spending time together that you're both getting value from that then they can be really really important but I think sometimes holding on to something holding on to something that has run its course 
is can, can feel quite negative but I think also yeah. that's potentially where some of the toxicity comes into it of actually we don't have things in common like maybe you know things have changed and that you know life has that flow doesn't it, it has that flow yeah. where we're moving on and some people move with us and some people don't and I think if you're trying to hold on to somebody who's moving in a different direction um, you're not helping them you're not doing them any favors because you're potentially trying to hold them back because it's what you want it's not necessarily what they want um, and also you know people can do that to you and then it becomes a much more uncomfortable situation yeah. or a negative situation to be in so you know I think people you know there's that I do think life and people should have that constant flow and so we'll meet people we'll take some people with us and some people will meet as with as we pass through and they will contribute value to us we give value to them and then we keep we keep moving but if you're yeah. trying to drag somebody on your journey or somebody's trying to drag you on their journey and you're going off in different directions then that can that, that can be that unhealthy attachment of just kind of forcing something yeah. that the attachment isn't there anymore does, yeah, that, does quite, that make sense i quite like when you said um it's being it's acceptance and the gratitude for that relationship friendship that you had at that yeah. time it, it did it served its purpose almost and then you move on i quite, yeah. like, I quite like the sound and of it, it doesn't have to be this it doesn't have to be this kind of um difficult separation you know, it doesn't have to be a big thing it might just be that you over time you know, we, we've all had jobs where we work with people and you've got that really great dynamic and a great relationship with those people who you work with but when you don't work together very, very anymore those connections start to to kind of and you move on and you have less in common and but actually in that time when you worked with that team or you worked with those people, they they had some amazing times and some yeah. you've got some very fond memories attached to them. And if you pass them in the street, you would speak to them with that fondness and with that, you know, with that appreciation and with that respect for that time that you had. But that doesn't mean that there's a friendship in that or it doesn't mean that that is something that will continue. It just, again, that's the season. That's your season, people. Yeah. Um, your reason people you know the universe has a great way of putting people in front of you who you need at the right time mm. but then they're needed somewhere else and you're needed somewhere else so you take the lessons you take the learning you take the respect and the appreciation for everything that that gave you and then you can you can contribute that into something else yeah definitely I, I mean this, that's one thing I use a lot because when talking to a lot of people is the the reason and the season and just like move on you know, and yeah yeah you know. it's not personal no I think maybe it has been at some point but, you know <laughs> i think the majority of the times it's <laughs> totally totally oblivious to all of it i guess this isn't when there's a falling out is it this is where no, no this is just, just a natural naturally like, like, it's just run its course yeah yeah so yeah i think you just yeah, they, they came and they went. <laughs> and there was a lot of love in the middle. Yeah. I suppose, like, like you said, it's, it's, accept, it's accepting it and moving on, isn't it? Whereas the, a lot of people can't, they want to yeah. hold on to that. And then they kind of hurt themselves in the in the process. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, oh, I, think, I think, I suspect with that, you know, people, they're try, they're looking at themselves as to why that person isn't trying to hold on to the friendship that it must be something about them or something that they've done and I think when you look at the bigger picture of the majority of our days are not spent worrying about we spend the majority of our days worrying about ourselves not worrying about other people so ultimately when people move on or they move on to something different it's not you probably haven't been included in that decision making process you're just a part of what happens and so I think you just sometimes let go of the fact that you're probably not a significant factor in that and you just have to accept that actually they in the, jigs in the jigsaw puzzle of life that you're one small piece yeah a blue sky that looks like a lot of other blue sky pieces yeah cool
Right. The next two are again very similar, away from that one though. Um, okay. So, I'll start with the first one. How would you go about teaching children or young people to have a more positive relationship with themselves? And then hopefully in turn that will show with others because you find, a, especially with like social media um, and a, like a lot of the young girls I see, they they just like, they have no self-belief in themselves or how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, there is no personal relationship with themselves. And I think, so I'm going to quickly say the next question because then the next question is why is it we wait until we're much older in life to realise, um, you know, I don't care anymore what others think. This is me. I'm comfortable with me. I have a much more positive relationship with myself. Yeah. How, how would we go about teaching kind of like the younger people, you know, when they see, you know, if you just tilt your hips this way, you've got a bigger thigh gap, and if you just do this, <laughs> you know, it's trying to, how would you? Yeah. Well, so much of it is attached to appearance as well, isn't it? Yeah. So much, so much of it is is attached to the outside rather than the inside, but that's what that's what children are exposed to, isn't it? We're not exposing them in the right way to what's working out what's important for them and their character, and you know, you you know, when when we do, you know, when when I've done workshops and or on Thrive, when we've done like the values, needs, and purpose, the yeah. number of times I've got people in there that are in their thirties and forties that saying, "I've never, I've never done this. I've never looked at this. I've never sat down." Yeah, I could probably have a conversation and tell you. Yeah, I could probably sit down and have a conversation and tell you what's important to me, but I couldn't give it. You know, I couldn't refine it like that. I couldn't communicate it like that because they never spent time sitting down and, and working all of that out yeah and so we don't do that with children at a young age we don't we don't we don't praise children for character very much do we we tend to we, we, so often we, we will do it on behavior um but quite often we do it on how they look how they they know their appearance um we might do it on achievement not very often do we do it on character you know we don't often give children feedback on a character so i think there's that difference isn't there between yeah. behavior because we've all got we've all got um we're all able to behave in different ways very different to what our character that core character is of who we are as a person yeah. and i don't think we often talk about even as parents, you know, if I reflect on when my son was that age, I probably would have picked up more on achievements and behaviours rather than who he was growing into as a person and giving him the confidence to hold on to that and know that that's something that he, you know, helping yeah. him to work out what's important to him and who does he want to grow into. So, you know, the, what's, what's, what's the question that we ask all of our children? What do you want to be when you grow up? Not who do you want to be or what do you want to be like or how do you want people to remember you? It's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do for a job? What do you want to achieve? Yeah. So, you know, so much of it is that external the external stuff which ultimately we don't really have any control over either no. so you know you think the children um children that are of the age of your children potentially will go into jobs that haven't even been created yet yeah youtubers that's how quickly the world is moving so when <laughs> exactly so you look at you know when we have these conversations with children now like what do you want to be when you grow up they've got no control over that at the moment we don't even know what the world's going to look like in 12 months time let alone in 10 years time when they when they reach that age but what we could what we can and be doing is having conversations with them you know what what do you really like about yourself what do you what do you think other people really value and appreciate you for what do you you know when you're an adult what do you what kind of person do you want to be because that's 100 in their control yeah we don't do that we don't sit down it's like the life skills in school isn't it and i don't know whether it's a i don't think it's necessarily a school curriculum activity i think it's something we need to be helping them shape as parents 
But well, I think it's that it's that um, it's that two way process, isn't it? Because if children do it in school, they come home and they educate us as parents, mm. because most of us as parents haven't been educated to be able to support them to do it. So it, it almost needs that two way process. But it, it goes in with the life skills, doesn't it? Of your communication skills and yeah. you know how you manage your time and how you manage a budget and all of these other things that were you know kind of core core skills. Um, Does that answer the first part of the question? Yeah, or have I answered neither? <laughs> uh, no, 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 you have. I was going to say because getting back to the school side of things, um, having a child with um, ASD, I'm often asked, "What do you want for Stanley? You know, when he's old, what do you want?" And my answer is always to be an adult that is accepted in society, and an adult mm. so you know he can be an adult that can live a daily life as normal whatever normal is yeah and i always get a that kind of look it's like why would i yeah. not want my child to be you know a, an adult who is polite who is caring who is you know i don't care what he does his job he can sweep the roads he can you know if yeah. he can't read or write that doesn't matter as long as he is a nice person with it you know so yeah that 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 kind of baffles them a lot yeah and i yeah, I and I I can relate to that, and I've always had that view, um, you know, from an, you know that that academic versus social yeah. skills of okay, so okay, he's he's at key stage, whatever it is, tick those boxes. But what what's my child like with other children? What's my child like with adults? Is you know how is he behaving with other people? I want to know what his social skills are like because. Yeah. He couldn't, you know, he can be a grade A student, but if he if he can't if he doesn't have the social skills, those are the things that are likely to impact him more in terms of happiness and fulfillment as an adult. Yeah. So those were always more important to me too. I know that, you know, with with you know with with Stanley, you know, he's it's he he can be very happy in his world. It just it's helping that the other people in this world to understand that his happiness and his his may look a little bit different but he's he's okay he's good yeah and i think i think we i think we as i think we a lot of us not everybody there's a long long way to go i think people are understanding that a little bit more aren't they? and i think the more people step into that owning their uniqueness or owning what they're like and being different the more the more we kind of destroy these pockets of what good looks like or what beautiful looks like or what success looks like because people are doing that in very different ways and I think yeah. that then helps us to kind of crack open this historical this is what you should be looking like you know you should look like this you should behave like this you should be like this so I think that kind of cracks it open a little bit doesn't it of actually yeah. You're a good person. You're polite. You're friendly. You treat people with kindness. You treat people with respect. Doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in. It doesn't matter, you know, what how much money you've got in the bank. That this is where we all come together and we're all become. We've all got something in common. We've. It doesn't matter what country you were born in or what language you speak or your culture or your religion or any of those things because ultimately if we're all kind and respectful they're uniform that's a universal yeah. thing isn't it because another thing i always get um commented on how polite my children are and i think oh, that i shouldn't people shouldn't have to comment on how polite they are people should just be polite you know these children as well because not everybody is like teaching those values of and then that in turn you know if they're polite to you you'll be polite back and and then it's it's building those relationships for me for me yeah. from a younger age so then they become a nicer adult yeah yeah i i yeah. think i um i think it shouldn't be a standout people shouldn't be surprised that somebody's children are polite but i do think it's nice that it's commented on yeah almost more so than wow your child's got um lovely hair or oh she looks yeah. so pretty or do you know that, that kind of reinforces oh, yeah. you know this is this is a good this is good thing i think actually it's it's nice to see that that's recognized but it shouldn't be a stand 
now it shouldn't people shouldn't be surprised by that because we should all be behaving like that but yeah. actually we know that some people struggle with that a little bit more than others yeah and i catch myself doing it because the first thing you want to do isn't it? when somebody shows you a picture of their children the first thing you want to do is go oh what love what lovely looking kids or oh yeah. doesn't she look like you or oh isn't you know aren't they beautiful look handsome or oh, what a handsome young man and that that's the first thing isn't it is to make a comment on what they look like rather than i mean it's difficult with a picture isn't it but i think when you meet somebody else's children um and when we're commenting on our own children i think it's nice to pick up on the character and yeah. the positive behavior traits rather than the achievements and yeah no, yeah definitely. those, those, those elements definitely so the last question and um was very similar why is it you think that we finally um accept who we are and build a much more positive relationship when we hit a kind of certain age a bit older a bit more life experience mm -hmm. generally most people say about 40 you kind of lose that you lose that kind um i don't care actually yeah i don't care what i look like i'm 40 now yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? um yeah so and then you build that you know much stronger relationship with yourself that you appreciate who you are, what your body's been through in the last 40 years. So it's kind of similar like, yeah. to the other question, you know, why can't we teach that to the younger children and then life would be so much nicer than ex finding it out when we hit 40? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it I think it does. I, I wonder how much of it we can teach and how much of it is an is something we have to experience. Yeah, um, I think when when in the years between kind of teens and 40, a lot of stuff gets challenged, doesn't it? We um, life challenges what's important to us and helps us to really work out. OK, this this is really important this is not negotiable for me this is important but you know i could probably be swayed a little bit on it and these are the things that i don't care about you might but i don't and i think it takes you those years doesn't it to almost kind of filter through it's almost like a sorting pile isn't yeah. it of okay and you kind of go for an experience and i think especially the, these are the this is the adversity experience isn't it where we have to fight for something we have to fight to keep something or we have to fight to get rid of something and I think that's when we really work out start to work out what's important and I think also by 40 you start to kind of get more focused on again where your energy's going of like oh, yeah. no, I haven't I haven't got the energy for that today and I haven't got energy to be putting into into that um is that um it's the the book by mark manson where he um so he talks about um at the beginning of the day you've got 10 to give and so use them wisely so if you've only got 10 to give then how do you use them because if you're going to use them all up by 10 o'clock arguing with somebody being in the bathroom somebody cutting you up and um there being a queue in the coffee shop going into work you've only got seven left for the rest of the day and i think as we get a little bit older it's almost like okay i'm i i'm i can't give that my energy like i've got this amount of energy and this is where i want to give it and kind yeah. of working that bit out um but i think also we we meet a lot more people so i think you kind of you have that um what would be the right word it's it's not is it a is it a validation i want to say validation but i think as we get a bit older and we meet more people and more people like us and more we meet more people we build those relationships and friendships it's almost like that validation isn't it that yeah okay we're we're a good person and we're we do right by people and people are kind of warm to that we're attracted to that so i think it's almost it does it's not tested quite as much yeah whereas i think when you're growing up and nobody knows who they are or what they're about no they there's no kind of solid ground everybody's kind of questioning everybody else and nobody knows what the hell's going on nobody knows who they want to be from monday through to friday it changes all of the time um and i think as you get old 
you you kind of hit that solid solid ground a bit more yeah you, know, you you learn who you are and then you, you that doesn't change quite as frequently you know you're you've probably got a few years in the same job and then you might have the same a few years with the same partner so you kind of have that sort of more solid ground for longer periods whereas I think those younger years everything changes all of the time doesn't it yeah. like uh, even just like a new school year you've got a new group of friends a new teacher yeah everything is hormones and, and let's not even add hormones in. yeah it's gonna say it's even adding hormones into the mix and so I think when you're not sure and you're not confident who you are you tend to be more observant and more questioning of who other people are because you're trying to learn about yourself through other people yeah um and i think as we get a bit older we probably don't have that mix and match quite as quite as much we tend to have our groups and and i think that helps i think you do I, as you, you I, think, I think also by the time you can... oh sorry <laughs> i was gonna say you you learn you learn to find but i think you learn to find who your people are don't you you start I to say. i think you you recognise who they are yeah. a lot easier, so you don't you don't end up spending lots of time with lots of different people. Work out who your tribe are or who your people are, um, and I think there's always opportunities to meet new people. But I think you're kind of ground you you get grounded, don't you? With it, you, you're grounded people of who yeah. you spend most of your time with, and that gives you the validation, doesn't it? The validation that of what what your character is and what's what's important yeah i, I think it, i think it does come with experience though i think we yeah. can we can teach some of it in school but i think that's also as as tough as it is sometimes there's actually a lot of value in those in those moments of like working working that out yeah i suppose that's why yeah so when you get to sort of old, 40 older or younger you've had those experiences to just you know, sort of say this is me now but. yeah it's, and i think there's that there's that saying isn't there of, um the uh the, there's a saying something along the lines of the you know like a, a tea bag you don't you, you don't know the strength of it until it's put in the hot water and i think that yeah. that's kind you of what life experiences are like for our character is of yeah that's it until you go in the hot water and i think that's as tough as life can be sometimes i think that's where we really help where we really kind of work out our strength of character and start to define who we are and what we're capable of and what we what we truly believe in and what's really important to us yeah I did. Um, I think. Yeah, I think. I think you can't take the experience out of that. I think that's a really important part of it. It's life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't want to experience all of it too early either, do you? No. I might. There's. I know most thirteen-year-olds think they have all of the answers. I have a five. <laughs> and I know that I thought I had all of the answers at thirteen. That's for sure. <laughs> but you wouldn't. I don't think I don't think you'd want to miss out on those experiences of that because that's all part of the journey, isn't it? Of yeah, how that shapes. True, and then I suppose in the, the later yeah. part of your life, you then are just relaxed and comfortable and enjoy it. Yeah, most of it. But I, but again, you know, I you get to you, you know when you look at that age group, there's other life changes that then happen around you aren't there you know you're if you're a parent your children leave home or you know you retire and so there's other things that then challenge a part of your identity or part of your you know what you contribute to other people or what people contribute to you so you go through another another little shake up again don't you of, I see okay, a lot of so this was what this was my value before or this was this was sorry say again i was gonna say i see a lot of people um when their children have grown up and you know they've always been needed by them and then they're lost because they they've not spent any time for themselves yeah. it's just been about the children and they've gone to uni or they've moved out you know they've now been and they're so lost with who they are and what to do now you know because the yeah. need to be needed mm -hmm. you know has gone yeah so that, that's quite a, a big yeah. step when people get 
a little bit older as well. See a lot of that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you, and that's for some people, that's retirement. That's what, you know, in, you know, if you, especially, you know, your work is part of your identity. It's how you, you know, if you think about the human needs, that's your contribution, your significance. That's where you get your variety from. It's where you get your routine from. Um, it's how you feel part of something and it becomes part of you. And so, you know, when you retire and then you have nothing, you know, it's not that you have nothing because you have retirement and you're supposed to relax and enjoy it, but you have to find other ways to fulfill those needs in a retirement yeah. in a retirement type of way <laughs> or that's why a lot of people go into voluntary work or still have part-time jobs isn't it yeah. because they still need to tick that box to balance out the retirement you know so um yeah. you know it's so many of these relationships whether it's work family they contribute as much to us as we contribute to them and so when that dynamic changes we have to almost look at, okay what what did they bring to me what did i give to them what's now the gap and how can i fulfill that, that gap in a positive way through something else yeah no no quite like that yeah and that's that's a challenge isn't it yeah big one mm. <laughs> so I, I see a lot of people they they get a bit stuck around that kind right. of that time <laughs> Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, we, if you think even just, um, you know, our, you know, from a, a psychological needs point of view, you know, you've got the variety, the routine, connection, significance, love, contribution. So all six of those are in parenting and a lot of those are in a workplace as well, especially if you enjoy the work that you've got, then that is, you know, that's a, a lot, of, it's a lot of gaps to feel in a different way and and if it's part becomes part of your identity isn't it it's, it's fundamentally it becomes who you are so you know whilst retirement is what most of us are kind of working towards it's how you still fulfill those needs those human needs while you're you know not not working or not yeah. raising children or not being a part of something that's bigger than than you and that's quite a tough one and I think a lot of people really struggle especially with children leaving home and retirement I think then they're very rarely talked about are oh, there's quite significant moments for an individual to have to work through and I don't think you know even in people planning for retirement people will think about the financials they'll think about okay how do I pay the bills when I'm not working how do where am I going to spend my time when I'm not working but don't often think about, okay, how do I fulfill my needs when I'm not working? And how do I, how do I still get that value and that fulfillment? Yeah. No, hopefully that's, that's answered a few. <laughs> yeah, but answer next time somebody asks you. Yeah, <laughs> I did hear a question. Um, somebody's bringing a book out, it's, it was about his third book. Um, just before I clicked onto you, and it's, I've not heard somebody actually ask that question in the way he said it. Like, who are you? I don't want to hear what job you do. I don't want to hear how old you are. I don't want to hear, you know, what your hobbies are. I want to hear who you are. Yeah. And I said, ask me who am I, and I, I quite like that. It's one I I want to sit and answer myself. So it's that kind of relationship with myself. Yeah. So and I think. So interestingly, and I know that I, I do this with other people on Thrive, we've been, I'm on a coaching course at the moment and we've been looking at purpose. And so everything that we're looking at this month is who are we as a coach? Why do we coach? You know, why? Like, so not, not, who, not who do you coach or, you know, why do you get value from coaching? But looking at who we are as individuals and, and who who why do we coach what's our purpose of coaching and I'm, it's really really interesting just really interesting conversations of you know how people have got on this journey through to coaching and what what again you know what they get from coaching but what they can give through coaching but how it quite often fits through people's experiences and people's journeys and of who they are as a person and how that comes out through their coaching so that's been really really interesting yeah 
But yeah, we do, we do, don't we? We always focus on what people what people do rather than who they who they are. But actually, if we stripped away all of that, that's the one thing that universally we've all got in common because we're all humans. So we've yeah. all got character strengths and behavior strengths that we could all have in common. So forget all of the differences. What 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 where do we all come together? Yeah, and he who is inside, not not the external. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't get to see it all, but like the, like his first. Because that's the bit that's the bit that people will remember. Pardon. So that will be the bit that people will remember. Yeah, I mean, like he, part of his answer. That's was that's the that's the Maya Angelou. Sorry, go on. I was going to say part of his was um, I saw the first part was I'm emotionally connected. You know, and then he carried on, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to have to look at that one." <laughs> yeah, interesting. yeah. It's, it's the um, Maya Angelou quote, isn't it? Of people will forget what you've said, they forget what you did, but they won't forget how you made them feel or how how they felt with you. Is it? My, is it my? Is it, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote. Let's look at that. And I think, you know, you look at most people who you remember who are no longer with us. We don't necessarily remember what they look like or what they did, but we remember how we our experiences with them and how we felt with them. Yeah. And I think that is really I think that is really, really important. And I you know that kind of goes back to that first question, doesn't it, of working on what's important for you and building that relationship with yourself so that you're securing that to to give that to other people and share that with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's they all they all connect together though, don't they? You can ask one question, but they're all it's, it could be ten questions in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely so was that your five yeah that was my five was it that i was gonna say that went really quickly but it's actually been 15 minutes it wasn't that quickly <laughs> at all it felt really quick yeah that's like quick. they were really great <laughs> questions though i'm really i'm blown away by the well they're very thought they're very thought-provoking questions but hopefully something in the answers is helpful to people who are watching and there's a couple of comments which I'll, I'll respond to after we hang up because I can't I can't multitask <laughs> and give both sides 100% my attention I'll, re I'll reply to the comments afterwards but I've seen um, hearts likes come up so hopefully there's something in those answers that's helpful to people but they were really great questions thank you so much thank you for your having me Oh. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. I'm no, I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying them, and I'm enjoying like the variety of questions that are coming through for people. So it's interesting to see what people are coming up with. So yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. So we will call it there. I will. Yes. Um, will these will this will go out onto YouTube and Instagram TV as well. So it will sit on the Facebook page. So if you're watching back and you want to comment, or if you're watching uh, anywhere else and you want to comment, I will pick the comments up and reply. Thank you, Kelly, so much for your time. Um, and if you've been watching. Thank you very much for your time and joining us as well. We will be back next week. I believe it's Monday, but I will post up the date and time. Um, one more for this month on this topic, um, and then we move into a, a new month and a new topic. So um, hopefully you can join us next week. But Kelly, thank you so much thank for you your again time. Thank you for having me. That's been good. And uh, wish you all good night. Yeah. Good night. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Wait a minute, don't forget to like, share and subscribe.